Welcome back to the first WSL episode of the season. This is our preview episode for the season. Obviously, I just said that. Um, and happy to say that Jesse Abdul and I are back for our second season of Box Box WSL. Um, how are you two feeling about that? Super excited. Woo! New season. Oh, always excited to come back. New season, new time. It was a, it was a fun first season. Debut season was good. And uh, now back at it. Let's try and uh, make it a better one. Hopefully we're not that, like the shows that the second season isn't as good as the first. Um, let's, let's keep positive. The Sheffield uh, United of podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you um, everyone who has listened until here so far. We really do appreciate all the positive support and feedback that we've gotten. Um, it's really nice to see the numbers and, and just, yeah, just really appreciate everyone that listens to our nonsense talk um, every week. Um, but yeah, so we'll, how this podcast is going to work this episode, we'll go through each WSL team, 12 in total, and give our general overview on how we see each club and each give two players, well, at least try to stick to two players from each. Um, and then at the end, we'll give our top five predictions and our bottom two predictions. Um, apologies to the teams that we do leave out like in the middle of those predictions um, but it would definitely not be pleasant for you listeners to listen a 12 team league prediction three times with our voices so we'll, we'll save you from that um, but yeah we'll go in alphabetical order to just make it easy on everyone and obviously first one up is Arsenal um, they finished third in the league last season obviously uh, with Manchester United cutting them close in the end of the season I remember that drama and obviously new manager, Jonas Eidevel, who came from Rosenberg and Sweden. And so far, they're on a winning streak. So in the start of the season, unlike the men's side, um, in the Women's Champions League, they beat PSV 3-1 and Alkazip the best. I completely butchered that. I haven't, I've, been, I've been avoiding saying that for the longest time and now I'm stuck. Um, but that, that was a 4-0 win as well. And then the preseason... They won 2-1 versus Chelsea and 4-0 versus Tottenham. Um, so quite a few new players. I think Arsenal's signings have been really, really sound for the team. And obviously, I keep forgetting that Nikita Paris is part of Arsenal now. Uh, I've been focusing on the other signings and I keep forgetting that Nikita Paris is in there. Um, but yeah, positive start um, to Arsenal. And obviously tomorrow, well, tomorrow at the time of recording, they'll play Slavia Prague in the Champions League. Um, last time out, they won that. 13-2, I think it was. So pretty confident that Arsenal are going to go into the next round. Obviously, they avoided Leon here. Um, but yeah, that's a quick general roundup. And I'll give my two players to watch. Uh, Frida Manum and Manai Wabuchi. They've been outstanding this preseason, Champions League preseason so far. Um, obviously, Manai Wabuchi scored that ridiculous goal in the Champions League versus PSV. Um, if you haven't seen that yet, just Google it somewhere, follow our Twitters. It's going to be there, but it's absolutely ridiculous. The technique, the vision, just everything is just stunning. And Frida Manum has just been really good in terms of kind of switching the ball quickly, uh, really good footwork. And yeah, just really looking forward to her. Um, but Jesse, what's kind of your, your general overview on Arsenal? Yeah, I think they've looked really good um, in preseason, although kind of, yeah, with that caveat that we've not really seen them up against super top opposition so far um but I think you know the initial signs are that 
Idevall's going to play, you know, quite quick passing football, which I think is something we've kind of missed from Arsenal over the, the past season. I feel like, you know, watching some of these preseason games, it's almost only now I've realised how slow Arsenal under Montemuro could end up feeling. I think it's going to be really interesting seeing how these new signings fit into the team. You know, I think there's a lot of hype around Nikita Paris returning, um, but I think it's going to be really interesting to see how she fits in because, you know, she kind of spent a lot of time playing at number nine for Leon. She's obviously not going to play there for Arsenal because of Viv Miedemar. So it's going to be kind of interesting to see how her minutes kind of get split with Beth Mead and how kind of maybe the WSL has moved on since, since she was there. Um, I think in terms of players to watch, Frieda Marnham, yeah, is definitely up there for me. I've been uh, amazed with her. I think she just looks so good. She just looks like such a smooth player, um, so confident and honestly looks like she's been playing for Arsenal for absolute years. Um which is ridiculous given how old she is. Um, but the other player I'm quite interested in, in seeing properly is uh, Steph Catley. You know, obviously she barely got any minutes last season. Um, and I think it's going to be an interesting um, conundrum for Idaval to look at what happens with Katie McCabe. You know, we've seen her kind of earlier in preseason playing a lot higher up the pitch, which is obviously where, where she kind of used to play. Um, but with the return of everyone, I don't know quite how that's going to work um and obviously she had a fantastic season at left back last year so that's going to be um an interesting thing for him to figure out but yeah I think a full season of Steph Catley could be really exciting yeah and we're trademarking well it's been done before really but Ida Ball Ida Ball is the way uh, to describe Arsenal's way of playing from now on um but Abdulayad what do you think yeah I think I echo Jesse's sentiments I think uh Arsenal been impressive. Uh, I I like I like um, you know ball. I, I like his style of play. You know he he uses you know a variety of formations. You know we've seen him use for Rosengard. You know three five two four three three four one four one. You know four 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 two. So he is a, he's a bit of a tactician. He does uh, you know he does switch it up. So I think Arsenal in a sense in comparison to what they were under Joe Montemiro, I think will be a lot more unpredictable in the way that they line up and the way they want to play, though it is the 4-3-3, which is what I think he'll resort to most of the time. But the fact that he can switch to a 3-5-2 or, or a different formation is going to give him uh, a lot of room to move around. And especially if they, if they want to play, you know, which I think they'll play a little bit more of a counter-attacking style, which is kind of what he likes to do. I think they've got some really good players for it. You know, um, Nikita Paris, like we said, is one of them. Miedema is just clinical. And then you've got the likes of Beth Mead, Iwa Bucci, And then, um, you know, you've, you've got your, you know, the Freedom Adam and the rest of the midfield. I think I think the fullbacks will be extremely key this uh, this year just because of the way that, um, because if you want to counterattack and you want to, you know, hit, hit, play, you know, hit teams on the break, then if you've got two very fast players on the outside and, and you have wingers who want to tuck inside and sit narrow, then I think it's, it's they're going to be important in the overlap and creating uh, opportunities. Probably my two players to watch, um, I'll, I'll give, I'll put Nikita Paris as one of them. I think, like Jesse was saying, we've seen her as a number nine deputizing for Ada Hegerberg, but I think if she's played in her preferred position just off, you know, one of the wings in, in the half space, then I think we can see the best of uh, Paris and then kind of linking up with, uh, with, with Miedema. I think that can be a really good, almost like converting into a two up front kind of starting off on the, on the left or right. And the second player is I'll, I'll, I'll give freedom. Man, I want to, uh, I want to, you know, I want to see how she does and, and, you know, how she pairs up in there. 
Yeah, definitely a lot to look forward to in terms of players. Um, can probably talk about it a lot more in terms of tactics and what Jonas Ball is going to look like, but we'll definitely get into that more as the season goes and, and we'll see more and more of, of what Jonas wants to do and the players and how they adapt to him. Um, but next up on the list is Aston Villa, who finished 10th in the league last season. Um, now they have manager Carlo Ward, who came from Birmingham City. Um, and their preseason so far is a 1-0 loss to Chelsea. It's not too bad. A 3-1 loss to Everton and a 2-0 loss to Man United. So they've lost their preseason games um, so far, just scoring just the one out of the three matches against Everton. And yeah, it should be. I personally don't see them doing much better than than they did last season. Um, I don't. They can be in relegation contention, but I don't think they will because they still have pretty decent players, especially now with Alicia Lehman um, signing for them. So it's it's hard to see them do a little bit better because they're still not competitive. I mean, you know, the 3-1 loss to Everton, I think, says a lot about where they are at the moment. Um, obviously, you know, it's preseason and, and we can only predict so much. So whatever we say now can only be taken with a grain of salt, really. Um, but my two players to watch are obviously Lucia Lehman. I'm really curious to see how she does in Aston Villa because I think she's played... I wouldn't say that she's too good for them, but she's definitely played at a higher level um, in terms of club environment until now. Um, so I'm really curious to see how she does. And then Maz Pacheco is always uh, a good shout because I think she's a pretty decent, really good player. Um, I don't think she's kind of grown into the WSL just yet to like optimize her potential. Um, but yeah, those two are my two players. And Jesse, Aston Villa, let's hear it. Yeah, I think it's a, a strange one. I think, you know, Carla Ward feels like a really sensible manager to bring in. Um, but it feels like at Birmingham, she obviously kind of focused on taking an, an uber defensive approach, which I think was the right one. You know, she kept them up. That's what she wanted to do. Um, but, you know, I think at Aston Villa, the kind of players they've brought, the amount of money they've they've spent over the past couple of years to bring those players in you feel like they really are looking to maybe add something a bit more spicy attacking wise and I think the signing of Lehman kind of speaks to that you know that's she's just a player I associate with kind of running at defenders dribbling with the ball and that's where she really excels but then I don't really feel like beyond Lehman they've offered they've done much to sign players who are gonna to to bring that about you know like I think there's going to be um, a lot of pressure on Shania Hales, who I'd kind of pick out as one of my players to watch just because it's going to be, you know, fascinating to see. But like the bulk of striking duties, it feels like will, will be on her. And she scored two last season and Ramona Petzelberger was their top scorer with three. Um, so I kind of agree with you, Alex. I think it's going to be a tough one. And I think it'll be really interesting to see what Carla Ward's management looks like in an environment where she realistically has been given a lot more resources, but clearly the gap is still there. Ultimately, I think they probably will be fine just because I think Birmingham are in a much worse position. So I do feel like maybe this season kind of gets to be a free hit for Ward and Villa. You know, I think Villa really fell into the trap last season of bringing in way too many players, um, lots of whom didn't have WSL experience. and It just did not gel for them at all. Um, so I think it's going to be a tricky one for Ward, but I think she probably will be fine. Um, yeah, as I said, Hales is one to watch. And, you know, I think Hannah Hampton will be interesting as well. You know, she was a really important player for Birmingham. But again, it kind of feels like at Villa, the expectations are probably slightly higher. She's stepping into a new environment, but she's a highly rated goalkeeper. And um, 
it'll be interesting to see see what she looks like in a new team. Abdullah, what do you think? Yeah, no, I I, I mean, I, I don't think I can add too much more to what you both have said. I agree. I think Villa, you know, they finished 10th last season. And if, I, you know, if you look at the way they finished off the season, they had five draws in their last five games, which was, you know, kind of indicative of to where, you know, they're at as a squad. I think, I think Carlo Wood's a good, um, a good manager. Um, so I think, you know, probably should be able to squeeze something out of this squad. But, you know, I look at the depth as well, at least in midfield and attack, and I don't see um, too much there. So a couple of injuries here and there could could spell um, could spell disaster. Um, but yeah, I think I'll be I'll be surprised to see how they do. And I think I think if they end up tenth, ninth, tenth, it'll probably be where they're supposed to be. And you know, unless they get more. Uh, more, uh, you know, more in, more into the side and, and kind of just, you know, overall better players, like we said. Felicia Lehman is probably their best player overall. Um, probably my two players to watch, I would say, I mean, putting aside uh, Lehman, I'd say Hannah Hampton, yeah, I agree. I think she's highly rated, so I'd like to see how she does here, you know. And, and yeah, Mas Pacheco always uh, you know, has produced something, so I think she can uh, she can get up to another gear and, you know, maybe, maybe she moves on to a better club next season. Let's see. Yeah, it should be interesting. Yeah, but kind of someone, another club who's kind of on the same level in terms of kind of being stuck at that bottom level of the WSL is Birmingham City, who finished 11th last season, who obviously saved themselves from relegation against Bristol City at the last moment. Uh, the drama that we lived last season, last season was amazing. Um, new manager, obviously, Carlo Ward just left, as we mentioned. Uh, Scott Booth is here from Glasgow City. After six seasons, if I remember off the top of my head, uh, six titles with Glasgow City, um, casually there. I think it's it's a good move from him. Um, obviously, he was really well established in Glasgow City and Birmingham City are trying to reinvent themselves after the, the disaster that was last season in terms of management and support from the club. Um, but apparently it's gotten oh, it's gotten slightly better this season. Um, still to see official reports, but just from interviews from players like Louise Quinn, who I'm really excited to have back in the WSL also. Um, she said that the support that they're getting from the club is just enough to be able to properly compete in the WSL. So that's, I mean, it's not the best, but it is what it is at this point. And you kind of have to accept little, little, little details of, of advancement there. Um, but their preseason it has been played against championship teams. They drew 0-0 versus Liverpool and won 1-0 versus Coventry. Um, so not much to go off of their preseason matches because obviously it's been against championship teams and it's not been too positive considering that they are a WCL team. Um, but yeah, my player to watch, I think, is Lucy Quinn. I think she's, I mean, she's a good player, but obviously she didn't really shine at Tottenham, whether that be her individually or whether that just be the system that was nowhere to be found at Tottenham, but we can get into that later. Um, I think she'll thrive a bit more coming back to Birmingham City because she was there before she went to Tottenham um, and obviously Louise Quinn is always going to be my shout I mean she's just oh, I love Louise Quinn as a person and then as a player as well I mean the height that she has on her you know having her as a center back is always going to be a, an advantage in aerial duels and she's well experienced so she's a wise player I think is a good way to put it um, she knows her deficit she knows her advantages and she plays really well to them um, so it should be interesting but again Another team like Aston Villa, who I don't see them getting any better than last season. They can, and they definitely can. I mean, obviously, any every team can, but again, it's the gap. It's the resources. It's every little details that are just not playing in their favor compared to other teams. Um, so, yeah, Jesse, 
what are your thoughts on that yeah I totally agree I think unfortunately Birmingham would be my favorites to go down I think um Scott Booth is an interesting appointment and I'm intrigued to see how he does but I think it's going to be a big jump from the Scott managing in the Scottish League to the WSL I mean I, we've seen it kind of done successfully before obviously that's the route Willie Kirk kind of took um you know, going, going from Scotland to, to Bristol City and then on to Manu as an assistant in Everton. Um, so it's definitely possible to kind of succeed and do well there. But I just feel like the amount of upheaval, kind of the quality of players who unfortunately at the club will potentially make it very hard. That being said, I do think, you know, Louise Quinn is a massive coup. I think, you know, there are a number of clubs, you know, almost from Everton down who she could have probably walked into the, the defences of most of those teams. Um, so I think that's a great signing for them. Um, I think also Jade Pennock's a really interesting signing. You know, she's scored a hell of a lot of goals for Sheffield United in the, the championship. We haven't really seen many players make a massively successful jump from the championship to the WSL. I think it's something that we'll probably start seeing more of, hopefully, um, in coming years as the championship becomes, you know, more competitive. Um, we're starting to see WSL clubs loan their younger players out there, which I think is a great sign of that. Um, but I think it'll be really interesting to see how how she adjusts to life in the WSL because, you know, she's she's kind of in her late 20s. I think she she has the ability, but um, I think it'll be tough, especially in a team that's probably going to create as little as Birmingham City will. Yeah, I can agree with that as well. Um, Abdullah, what do you think? Yeah, um, you know, similar thoughts and sentiments. I think... Um, Probably one of the relegation candidates for sure. I mean, again, if we if we look at the way they ended the last season, again, they they ended up getting 14 points. They were just two points ahead of Bristol City, and they they drew two and lost their last, you know, from the last three game, uh, five games. So that, that doesn't bode well. I mean, the fact that they had a they had a they they only scored 15 goals and 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 conceded 44. So obviously, that's a huge problem with a goal difference of minus 29. So obviously we can see where the problems are, not scoring enough goals, conceding too much. So I think that's where, um, you know, Luis Quinn coming in from Fiorentina, you know, taking them to a fourth place finish, you know, the amount of experience that you've, you've, you have from there is, uh, um, you know, and even playing in the Champions League, scoring hat-tricks. I mean, she's, 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 she's been around and I think that leadership and that experience will really put them in good stead. And I think, you know, I think that'll come in handy in a couple of games where maybe, you know, they, they may be losing or they may need to go over the line and, you know, maybe, maybe she does that. But yeah, definitely one of the relegation candidates uh, for the season. Yeah, it's fair. I think, yeah, I'm just really excited to see Louise Quinn back. That's all I have to say about that. Um, next on the list is Brighton, uh, who finished sixth last season. Um, obviously, manager Hope Powell, still there, still thriving. Their preseason games was 6-1 loss to Everton and a 1-1 draw versus Man United. That makes no sense when you look at it just like that. Uh, yeah, so obviously Brighton are a steadily mid-top mid table team. Obviously, I think Hope Powell has a lot to do with that and the way she manages all the other players. But again, it's the distance in little things. Obviously, Brighton are a bit better off than, say, Birmingham City, Aston Villa, but it's still a bit of a, of a distance there so far. But obviously... Now this season, my player to watch is obviously Rinzola Babaide, who has come from the championship finally back in the WSL. How long have we been all waiting for that? Um, I'm curious to see how she adapts back in the WSL because obviously she's not been playing that much in the championship um, for obviously 
different reasons, contract reasons, club reasons, personal reasons. It, she's not been featuring um, regularly. So the, her football isn't as consistent as you would want it to be when she's coming back to, into the WSL pace. So that's going to be really interesting to see how she adapts. And then obviously, um, Inessa Kagman or how Theo Lloyd Hughes likes to call her Anissa Goldman. Um, shout out to Theo on that one. Uh, I think obviously Lisa Kagman had, uh, she's a good player. I mean, she's an amazing player. And I think when you have a player like Rizola up top, I think, I think Brighton can give her really good, um, can feed her really good balls and, and have her thrive on that. But we'll see how Powell kind of adjusts everything and we'll see how this season goes. Uh, Jesse, thoughts? Yeah, I think Brighton surprised everyone a bit last year. You know, they took points off City, they took points of United, famously took three points off Chelsea. And it is credit to Hope Powell, honestly. She the way I often think, oh, you know, Brighton are just kind of done. They're not that interesting a team, but she can really pull it out the bag. Um and I think the the signings this summer have been really, you know, sensible. I think, yeah, Babajide is going to be a really fascinating one. I definitely think she gives them she will bring thrust to their game, which I think is something that Brighton have really lacked. Um, And I think is maybe why they've been able to grind out those results against better teams, but have then struggled against smaller teams. Equally, Dan Carter, um, I think, is is a fantastic um, pickup. You know, she's the first player they've ever spent money on to get. Her return to, you know, kind of full-time football maybe wasn't quite what we expected at Reading, but um, I think there were promising signs there and I think she can definitely build on that on that this season so yeah it's it's a tricky one Brighton I just I can't really figure it out they've definitely Im- improved their team and I agree with you Alex like keeping hold of Kagman was really really important to them but I don't see them getting beyond sixth put it that way I think that probably probably will be their top finish and I think if they if they did that again this season they, they'd have done really well I think that's a good way to put it Abdullah yeah, no, I, I'm super. I'm, I'm. I like, I like the squad a lot, you know, because I think all through the, uh, all through the team, you've got players who, you know, you can look at and go, all right, you know, you can, you can. They, they, I think they have a really good spine in, in a sense, and obviously that's what you need in every team. So, uh, I mean, at the back, you've got Maya Leticia and Emma Coivista, who came in, <clears throat> I think, in the winter, and you know, she kind of, you know, lit, lit the there's a legal light when she came in in her own way. So I think those two are, you know, two defenders to look out for. Then obviously in midfield, you know, Anessa Kagman, you know, has done really well. Then Rensola Babajide is another one. Then Daniel Carter. And even Ellie Brazil did, did, you know, did some decent work last uh, last season. So I think as, as, a, as far as the spine goes, I think that they've, they've got something going. And the fact that they finished um, sixth last year, um, and you know that's that's behind that's you know that's behind Everton and Manchester United. So uh, I know we'll come to that, and obviously you know we'll get onto Man United sooner rather than later. But I think there's a chance for um, Everton to fight for that fifth. Uh, sorry, Brighton to fight for that fifth spot because I think Man United will drop. Uh, so you know it, it'll be a fight to see who finishes fourth, fifth, and sixth. And you know Brighton are in the mix. If they can get these players to play well, then you know we've got a we've got a good good race on our hands. And now on to Chelsea, who obviously came out WSL champions, uh, but not Champions League champions. So, uh, still got that one to go to. <laughs> um, obviously, manager Emma Hayes. That's not going to change anytime soon, is it? Um, preseason, um, there might have been a couple more, but obviously, as we know, women's football information to find is 
nearly impossible. So everything, all the preseason games is just what I found online. Um, probably not that much digging, but we all have work and lives to do, so I can't do that much. Um, but yeah, so preseason 4-1 win against Rangers and 1-0 win against Aston Villa, as we mentioned. A lot of, uh, I, I mean, this Chelsea squad hasn't changed that much, has it? This signing, I mean, obviously they, they signed a Nick Nowen, um, which I'm really excited about, to be fair. Um, but I mean, Emma Hayes didn't really have that much reason to bring in a lot more players. I mean, she was obviously having the problems of knowing which players to start and players not getting minutes and someone like Bethany England, who's third choice striker at this point. So, I mean, Emma Hayes didn't really have to do many signings, which is obviously fair, but obviously the biggest signing was Lauren James from Manchester United, who still hasn't featured for Chelsea because she's still, um, um, Chelsea got stuck managing an injury that Lauren James picked up at Manchester United. So they're trying the best, I think, I, I would assume the physios are a bit better at Chelsea. So they're trying to just manage her injury and make sure that she's back um, and she's back for good when she comes back. So not sure when we'll see her, but yeah, I mean, I mean the, the team sheet against Aston Villa, it was ridiculous. I mean, you had Frank Kirby on the bench. Obviously she got withdrawn at last minute, um, but she was on the bench to start with, uh, you know, you have Frank Kirby, um, Jesse Fleming, Anik now, and uh, you have, you know, Sam Kerr on the bench. Like it was ridiculous. And you're starting pretty harder, um, Bethany England, you're starting Magda Erickson, like all these players, it's just absolutely ridiculous. So, I mean, I think personally, Chelsea are are never going to be out of title contention. That's just a given. Um, but I think, yeah, just not much different to last season. I think it's just another season that Chelsea are going to build off of what they did last season and maybe, maybe, maybe achieve what Barcelona did. But who knows? I don't know if that'll, that'll happen or not. Um, Jesse, uh, yeah, players to watch. Lauren James, obviously, and Nick Nowen is going to be a really good addition. Um, kind of like a Magda Eriksson mini me, I like to call her. But I think Leupold and Wrighton um, are very underrated. And I think they're only going to get better this season, especially Gora Wrighton. Um, I think she's big. Um, but yeah, now, Jesse, you can you can talk me down now. I can't believe you picked four Chelsea players as your players to watch. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, not, not much change there. I think some Chelsea fans would have liked to see a fullback come in. But honestly, looking at the market for fullbacks, it doesn't really surprise me. Um, but no one did come in. I think, you know, there are lots of things to consider around Chelsea's transfer business. The plan was originally for Harder to obviously have been the big signing this season. They decided to move on her last season instead. Instead, now we get to have the opportunity to watch Kirby and Harder, you know, play when when they're settled. You know, it's crazy to think about it, but last season was the first season those those three were playing together and it worked out well then. And I think, honestly, it's only going to get better. Um, I think in terms of players to watch, Jesse Fleming's probably who I'd, who I'd pick out as someone who, you know, didn't get many minutes last season, but really showed this summer that she doesn't really feel like someone you can ignore anymore. And I think actually, you know, midfield was an area where Chelsea just struggled to, to get it exactly right. You know, with the quality Chelsea have, it's never going to go terribly wrong, but I felt like a player, I feel like a player like, Fleming could make a, a huge difference and then kind of as you touched on Alex I think it'll be really interesting to see what happens with Beth England this season um, she struggled a lot last season she came in late pre-season because she had an operation um, she kind of got into the team and and she was she was playing with you know kind of Kerr and Kirby and then she got cushion and she never really came back but she's had a full pre-season whilst Kerr and Kirby have been away um, so I think this will be a really kind of interesting, potentially make or break season for her at Chelsea. 
And it was a brilliant header that she scored against Aston Villa also. Uh, a girl right in cross. It was kind of in front of Bethany England, uh, but she had a defender behind her, so she couldn't really get her foot to it. So she kind of just dove forward and hit the ball um, to the right of her and to the back of the goal. It was brilliant. Um, yeah, Abdullah, thoughts? Yeah, no, I think... Um... You know, I think I think the Champions League is going to be the the main goal for them. I think this this year. I mean, obviously, if they can retain the title for a third time, then unprecedented. Obviously, um, I actually think, and uh, I actually think Man City might just pip them to this. And I know we'll get to Man City in a bit, but I think Chelsea will be too focused on getting the the Champions League. Um, you know, like we said, transfer market they weren't really busy. They got some signings of the future. They kind of future proofed themselves in a couple of positions. Um, you know, it's the club policy, right? When when you get an opportunity to get players who uh, are available and they're club targets, and especially if they're young, and you can you know you can keep them, then you go for them. And then Lauren James and Anik know, and they they manage to get them. Um, you know, I won't go into too much into the tactical stuff because then I could be here all day. Uh, but I will just mention a couple of players that I think I feel that we need to watch is. I think Gura Wrighton, for sure, I think she's um, she was underutilized last year. I think she's a completely different weapon for them, you know, that they don't have in any other position. So I think I, I would like to see her play a little bit more, and I think she can have a big impact. Jesse Fleming, obviously, I think she's, um, you know, I think their best ball progressor in midfield, hands down, just the way she moves the ball, the way she can handle it, I think is, is, is second to none. Um yeah, I think that those two would probably be my 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 ones to watch, and uh, I'm excited to see you know whether there's any change between the front three in terms of the way that Emma Hayes wants to play them, or is it going to be more of what it was last year? That'd be my only uh, my only thing. But otherwise, yeah, I'm excited to see them play again. So. I think this is probably our favorite team of the summer so far. Well, most exciting team in terms of signings and what they've done and what they've achieved last season. So obviously Everton, um, I think they've been in everyone's mouth so far, this this summer signing um, window, transfer window, and kind of looking forward to, to this season. Um, obviously they finished fifth last season, so not too, too bad. Uh, manager is still really Kirk. And their only preseason match that I can get a hold of is a 6-1 win over Brighton. I mean, that's not, yes, it's preseason. Yes, it's everything. But a 6-1 win over WSL rivals, that's pretty impressive. Um, I mean, yeah, preseason, we can only do so much. But I think everyone can agree that Everton are probably the, the, the team to look out for this season with the signings and and how much they've grown and how much support they've got. Um Obviously, Tony Duggan is back in the WSL. We can't go without mentioning that. Uh, she's back from Atletico Madrid. Um, what she did, obviously, before that, she was at Barcelona. Um, her Spain kind of career was okay. I don't think it was as good as everyone expected. Um, but obviously, she's still a really good player. So her worst is still going to be some of the best, um, if that makes sense. But now she's back in the WSL and now she's up at Everton. Um, obviously, Hannah Benenson is a big signing for Everton. Um, very, very sound signing. I think everyone's excited about that, especially all the Swedish people. Shout out Nia Eriksson, who's buzzing about that signing. Um, but also one player that I want to mention that really, really impressed me last, seen, last season was Nicolene Sorison. Every time ever Everton played, I think she was the most... She's one of those players that does all the basics right, 
and it just makes a big difference in everyone's game and it just makes everyone's lives so much easier. So I think Soros and I think is still going to play a big factor into this Everton side that obviously are, are really, really big. I think Everton can easily, easily be competing for a top three this season. I think that's obviously I think breaking into the top three is is really, really dependent on how Man City, Arsenal and Chelsea perform. But I think Everton have the players and have the the resources and support that they need to kind of break into that if they play their absolute best and nick points off the top three. Um, so I think the season is going to be really, really good. I mean, I think they can easily still finish top four, um, just one better themselves than last season. So we'll definitely look forward to that. Um, Jesse, thoughts? Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be a really interesting one for Everton. Um, their, their transfer business feels very, very smart. I think they've clearly seen that there's lots of value to be have had in these European leagues and they're willing to go out and get it. Um, they obviously did a similar thing last year, but I think what's been clever is they've also looked to bring in kind of slightly older players who do have that WSL experience, whether it's bringing Tony Duggan back, whether it's bringing in Kenza Dali, which I do think all of those kind of things are very sensible. I think the key problem for Everton is that they were much better than everyone below them. Uh, and they were awful of everyone above them. You know, they lost all eight of the games that they they played against the teams above them. So whilst I do think they can and should compete from top for top three, um, and I think, you know, United's probable decline will help them at least secure fourth, it's a big, big gap for them to jump. And kind of for that reason, one of my players to watch um, is Natalie Bjorn, because I think, their, their problems against those big teams was, was really defensive. You know, if you're conceding five goals against Chelsea, you're conceding five goals against Chelsea. You know, the, these weren't games which were close at all. Um, they obviously did beat Chelsea in the, champ, in the Champions League in the FA Cup last season. So, you know, they, they know it can be done. They pushed Man City in that FA Cup final too. But yeah, so I think what Natalie Bjorn can bring to their defence um, will be really interesting. And then I'm also obviously really excited to see Hannah Benison. I think she's just an incredible talent. Um, but I'm also interested to see how Anna Anvergaard fits in with kind of Valerie Govan. They feel like quite similar players to me, um, but obviously Everton really struggled when Govan got injured and it felt like she never really recaptured her early season form. So I think it's, you know, quite a sensible signing in that, in that sense. Um, whether they'll play together, I can't really imagine it, but um, it definitely gives them a, a more interesting option and um, I'm excited to see it. Abdullah? Yeah, and I think probably my my favorite team that I'm going to have fun watching uh, this season just with the signings that they've made and and in kind of the way you know and it kind of gives the the vibe and the impression that Everton and Woody Kirk want to make top three, top four. You know, they want to improve. They want to be like the team that breaks the mold of the of the top three and, and kind of make themselves a uh, you know Champions League qualification contenders. Um, so I mean, for me, that's that's uh, that's interesting, and 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 kind of talking about their summer spending last year, I feel like they they got numbers in last year, and they got some decent players, but I feel like this time, I mean, like both of you have said, I think their signings have been a lot smarter, and it seems like they're players who you can almost you you you'd bet on saying that yeah, you know, they'll 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 bet in and they'll they'll actually have a have an impact sooner rather than later, like Nick uh, Sorensen, Nicholas Sorensen, like. Good. Play- I mean, obviously now we know she's a really good player, has a lot of, um, and has a big effect. You know, weren't too exactly too sure how she was 
uh, Valerie Gomba, you weren't sure, and obviously she had a great start to the season, got injured, and I think that injury just kind of niggled through, uh, carried on through the season. Um, I mean, eventually, then they eventually had to go get, they got Claire Emsley, I think, you know, later on, which was, was a good signing. But I think this time, getting the likes of Kenza Dali, uh, Natalie Bjorn, Hannah Benison, uh, you know, Anna Advergaard, Tony Duggan, I think those have been really good and smart signings. For me, players to watch, I think, Probably, I've got, I've got three. I would say my first one is Aurora Gali from Juventus. I think that's an excellent signing to be sitting at the base of your midfield, kind of controlling uh, possessions. Because if you want some, if you want to play out from the back and you want someone to kind of control the ball and give you a, a solid presence, I think, I think Gali gives you that. Um, I like uh, I, I like Natalie Bjorn. Like we've all said, I think she had a good uh, Olympics and I think she'll have a really good positive effect on, on this defence. And I think up front between Anvigard and Gauvin, I think uh, two really, really good players. And I think if, if Gauvin's injury struggles continues, then at least now they have a capable second player to kind of come in and, and, and play that. I think that's probably a team that we can talk a lot about um, in terms of not big, 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 big signings, but really, really good signings to be able to strengthen the squad that they had last season. And, but moving on to the next team, Leicester City championship champions manager Jonathan Morgan their preseason uh, they played one against a WSL team one against championship team they lost 4-1 against Tottenham and they won 1-0 against Sheffield United so obviously big jump from championship to WSL as as always just as it is in any other league uh, when you get promotion uh, their their championship run obviously it's kind of another another Manchester United kind of thing where a big club invests in the woman and they get past the championship with the breeze because they have a lot more resources a lot better players and all the other teams and, and they kind of just breeze through it and got the promotion um but it's going to be really interesting to see how they jump to this and how they deal with the pressure um I think they've made a couple of really good signings from from WSL players um one of my players to watch is obviously Jess Sigsworth I I really do rate her um, as a Manchester United player, as just a player in general, I think she's really, she's a really smart striker. Um, she can be an out and out striker. Obviously, she gets in positions, plays really well, but she's also really, really smart in terms of playmaking. Um, I think that's going to be really, really, really big for Leicester City to have that experience in their squad, especially up top. Um, obviously, you know, as we mentioned with Birmingham City, you know, one of the biggest things that they can't really score goals against all the other teams. A player like Juxus where has that experience um, in the WSL to kind of get on that. Obviously not as much because she has been with Manchester United, but she's still got enough experience to kind of give him that little edge. Um, Natasha Flint, I think that's straight up. I think that's really easy for Leicester City to kind of that player to watch. She did really, really well in the championship, scored a lot of goals for them, scored a few belters that came up on Twitter a few times. Um, so I think Natasha Flint is going to be really interesting to see how she does in the WSL. She's obviously got the quality. She's, I mean, she's got the vision. She's got the the quality to kind of come up with goals out of nothing. Um, but now it's just a matter of how she manages that with WSL pressure on there now. Um, but yeah, Jesse, thoughts? Yeah, I think it's, you know, always going to be a big adjustment for teams coming up from the championship. And I think the worry is um, teams often feel like they need to replace quite a lot of players to make that jump. Um, and then the way you replace those players is what really makes a difference. I think what Leicester have done well is to bring in large number of players who've already played in the WSL, you know, bringing in someone like Abby McManus. That makes sense. That being said, do I think all of those players are like particularly high quality signings? Not hugely, no. Um, and that would kind of be my worry. 
Um, I do agree with you, Alex. I think going forward, there's lots of very exciting players there. You know, I totally agree. I think Jess Sixworth is a fantastic striker. I think it's a real shame she didn't get more time at United. You know, she was obviously so good for them in the championship. Um, I really hope this is an opportunity for her to kind of really restart her career because she's relatively young still. And equally, Natasha Flynn is someone who was outrageously highly rated as a youngster and then kind of had this really odd drop down the divisions. But she's someone who, you know, like played for City in the WSL. So she's clearly got the quality. Um, I think it's going to be really fascinating to see how she adjusts just because she's been on an amazing journey and one that's, you know, kind of shrouded in mystery. So I'm, I'm just quite intrigued to see to see what she looks like. But I do think they're, they've done well to get goal scorers, but I would worry still about their defending. It's a shame no one saw Jesse's face when they were talking about Natasha Flint. Just the hope. It was it was the eyes just like lit up. There's just like so much hope for that. Uh, Abdullah, your thoughts? Well, hope is what we can live off of. And, uh, you know, so I think that's uh, that's fair. No, I, I, think, I think Leicester, you know, they did well to... To be champions, and if you're champions of of the division below, then you've got to have some quality about you. So, but yeah, like we said, it's always a it's always a big jump to come up from uh, from from you know between divisions. Um, like we said, a couple of smart signings, uh, Abby McManus and Jess Sigworth, obviously two are the ones. I think they're probably going to be the leaders of the team. I'm probably they're going to have to be the leaders of the team and kind of guide the rest of the squad through this. Um, you know, through their first season in the in the WSL, I think, you know, there's, there, you know, it's, yeah, I think they might just be safe because, you know, if, you know, we were, we were talking about Birmingham, we were talking about Villa, you know, how are, you know, do, do we think that Leicester's better than those two sides? I think they're in and around there. They could maybe even, you know, I think if they can show some of the qualities that they did in the championship to win the league. Maybe they can outdo one of those two teams and, and, and survive. So I think for them, obviously, it's survival, whether they get, you know, 11th, 12th or 9th. I think for them, it's just, all right, first season, settle in, bed in. We've got a couple of leaders in there. And, uh, you know, let's let's try and play, you know, their natural game against the teams around them and, and pick up points there. Yeah, that's fair. I'm really intrigued to see how they do. Um, I think it's another... It can be a repeat of another Manchester United in terms of kind of coming up from the championship and doing pretty decent, but it's just a matter of how they get on and, and how they adjust. But obviously, yeah, just really intrigued to how it goes. Um, talking about Manchester, just not Manchester United, Manchester City are the next team up. Gareth Taylor, obviously manager. Um, preseason, I couldn't get any information on it um, without kind of just general information. I didn't really explore it on a journalistic side either. Um, but it's they I would assume they definitely have preseason because obviously they have a Champions League match against Real Madrid this week. And I would assume that they would not want to go into that without playing a match. So I would assume that everything they did is kind of behind closed doors um, without really any reporting on it, just kind of to their own. Because obviously they had a lot of Olympic players coming in really, really late. So their preseason has been really, I wouldn't say short, just like really interrupted. Um, but obviously one of the big players to watch is Kadisha Bunishal. I am so thrilled to see her in the WSL. Oh my God. Um, obviously, especially now that Ellen White is going to be out for the start of the WSL season through injury. Um, that's going to be, I think, a bit of pressure on, on, on Bunny's kind of shoulders 
to kind of perform that early on with a new team um, that has quite a few players out injured and quite a few players coming in. So it's going to be really interesting, but I think that's just, I mean, it's an amazing, amazing signing. She's just, she's so, so good. And her her goal scoring ability, and we, we talked about it a lot last season on kind of how Ellen White is... <sighs> I don't know how to put this nice. How do you say like a player's aging without trying to sound like disrespectful? Um, I mean, we all know how old Ellen White is. She's not, I mean, her bones and her joints, they're not as mobile as they used to be. I mean, now she's out injured. Um, but just, yeah, just a new signing like Bunny Shaw is here and, and she's going to improve a lot, I think, in this. <laughs> just, you know, are just crying of laughter right now. I didn't think it was that bad. I can't believe you wanted to say something <laughs> respectful and then you said her. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's you know what whatever again <laughs> Ellen White's not gonna listen to this podcast so unless someone goes and tells her person you never know fine. I know happen. let me let me not say that watch Ellen White's gonna tweet me and she'll be like what the hell Alex um anyway let's let's move on from that obviously um a big signing for Man City who lost um Abby Dalkemper who's now Houston Dash um, Lucy Bronze is out with a knee injury, so another defender loss. Um, and yeah, Alana Kennedy came to the rescue. I don't think anyone's too upset about that. See Alana Kennedy at, at a top top club competing in the Champions League. Um, I'm really looking forward to that. Obviously, Haley Rasso is another good signing. Just more about how they actually use Haley Rasso because I don't think Everton got the very best of her in terms of push it, positioning and kind of playing to her strengths. Um, and sadly, very, very sadly, Vicky Lozada in a Man City shirt is going to be painful to watch. But I'm curious to see how what she does, because I think she's obviously a very <clears throat> older player as well. Um, <laughs> I think I think she provides a, a, a different playing style than, say, the likes of Jill Scott, for example, who plays in that very, very similar eight role. Um, I think Vicky Lozada's football is, I mean, she's Barcelona through and through. So it's a very technical, um, very brilliant vision on the football pitch. So I think it's going to be really curious to see, especially if she ends up playing with Kira Wash next to her. I think they can complement each other really, really well. So yeah, those are kind of my top three. Jesse, don't insult anyone, please. Uh, I don't think anything I could say will be much worse than that. Um, yeah, Man City, I think they've had a really good transfer window. But I think they've had to because I think the players they've lost could be really tricky for them. Um, you know, Sam Mewis, I feel, really carried that team for the first half of last season. Um, and I don't think they've replaced her in midfield at all. You know, I think Vicky Lasada can obviously play there. Alana Kennedy can play there. But I don't think either of them are, you know, Sam Mewis is is one of, if not the best midfielders in the world. So... That's going to be tricky. Um, the Abby Dahlkamp thing was just totally bizarre. Obviously, Rose Lavelle didn't really play, so that doesn't matter. But then Chloe Kelly is a big loss. And I think Hayley Rasso, again, is a very sensible way of filling in there. But again, I don't think she's at that level. But I am really excited to see her play. Um, I say excited in nervous terms. Um, equally, uh, Khadija Shaw is a fantastic signing and it is good the golden boot race is going to be between Kurt Miedema and Shaw is going to be so tasty and if I was Ellen White I would be literally cursing that I was out for the start of the season because I think there's every possibility that Shaw just gets going and when she gets going I don't think City will be able to drop her 
um you know I kind of wrote a piece saying I don't know how White and Shaw can play together and it's kind of strange because White had a very good Olympics um and it's kind of unfortunate for her I think that that this has now happened and that she's injured because yeah as I say I think you know Shaw is easily one of the best um strikers in, in the world at the moment and kind of the perfect age profile so I think it's going to be an interesting one I think going forward City will be really scary I would still worry about them defensively um I don't know how they're being really secretive we we don't know what their preseason was we don't know how long Ellen White's out for we don't know how long Lucy Bronze is out for um so it's kind of hard for me to get a gauge on like especially how much the bronze injury is going to affect them. But I think they will go hard for the title this season. And I think they've got a really, really good shot at it. Abdullah, your thoughts? So first of all, when you, when you call Vicky Lasada is 30 years old, I am nearing 30 years old. So are you calling me old? Like, I, I want to, I just want to get that out of the way first. <laughs> you know, I'm closer to 30 than I am like 20. So I can't really say anything, but we're, we're talking, when we say old, we're saying old in football terms. We all know that we start like players that are, 30 i would say 30 is like the margin to call yeah. a football player old true fair enough well fair enough. we can say experience from now on we'll say that. that's the thing that's, that's the word we use the minute they turn 30 they're experienced so i'm still in my prime in a couple months and i'll be experienced it's fine um yeah anyway back to man city i think uh i've liked their i like their summer spending i think I agree with Jesse in that they haven't replaced the the Americans uh, all too you know all too directly. Uh, I think Mewis is going to be a huge miss. I actually really like Vicky Lasada's signing. I think she'll bring that that technicality like like Alex that like you said um, into that midfield. And I think her, Caroline Weir, and Kira Walsh could be a very tasty midfield three. Um, Kitty to show. I mean, I, you guys have waxed lyrical on them, so I, I'm not even going to go there. But my only con- I, I say concern, you know, quote unquote. Um, is that she was playing for Bordeaux and she and, and the fact that she was able to score so many goals in the midst of a Leon and uh, you know Katoto and Hegeberg and, and the like then I mean that shows that you know that she is a level above and she you know she she can be there and I think you know Lana Kennedy being able to play in both midfield and defense I think is a huge weapon because then she can you know she can play a defensive midfielder but as an actual defensive midfielder or she can play as a central defender they can switch to a three so i'm excited to see how city go but i think i think they're gonna go they're gonna go for the title and i think they have a really good shot yeah, we'll get more into it when we do the predictions at the end but moving on to the other side of manchester manchester united who came in fourth last season who also had a dramatic end um very dramatic competition with arsenal I was very nervous, obviously, um, but that one match that kind of everyone, everything rested on that one match. And obviously Arsenal came out big on that one. New manager, Mark Skinner, after Casey Stoney left and she's going to the WSL, um, NWSL, so sorry. Um, Mark Skinner is coming from Orlando Pride, so kind of a straight swap in terms of leagues and managers. Um, their preseason um, was a 2-0 win over Aston Villa and a 1-1 draw against Brighton. So again, not really much to gauge there in terms of, a win and a draw against Aston Villa and Brighton. Um, I think, unfortunately, I think Manchester United can get worse before they get better. I think now that momentum that they had picked up with Casey Stoney has completely gone over the summer. I mean, it took them so long, so, so long to replace Casey Stoney with Mark Skinner. And I mean, preseason, I think a lot, it took a lot of, players to come in slowly in preseason if that makes sense and their signings have been fine nothing like really really big which is kind of disappointing considering who they were last season with Casey Stoney so I think it might be a downfall 
Um, obviously, it's Manchester United, so it's not going to be a huge downfall. I think it's just not going to be as good um, as Casey Stoney had them last season. But my players to watch are Alessio Russo, um, who obviously missed out majority of the season last season with injury. Um, but she, I mean, she had a bright start. It was the start that she had at Manchester United was amazing. And then she got injured and she couldn't really get back into it until um, the end of the season. Um, so I think hopefully next uh, this season she'll be fit for all of it because she is a really, really promising player who has a lot of qualities. And you can tell she played in the States, but I think what she learned in the States, she brought it back and she's used it to her advantage without being too, again, probably offending people, but too American (laughs) on the football pitch. I think she has a level of physicality that she uses to advantage in the WSL that a lot of players don't have an experience if they haven't gone to the States. So I think that's really, really interesting. And obviously, Borisa is another big signing for United, who a lot of people are excited about. And I'm definitely excited to see her play. Um, So yeah, kind of two of my players to watch. And yeah, I think, yeah, I think downfall before uphill. Sorry, Man United fans. Uh, Jesse, thoughts? Yeah, I would agree. I think um, Mark Skinner has had a very like up and down managerial career and, you know, his start at Orlando Pride was awful and then it started going really well and now he's left, um, which is which is a bit of an odd one. Um, but I can understand why, why you take the United drop. That being said, I think broadly when you look at United squads, it's really exciting. You know, I think Leah Golton's great. I totally agree with Alessia Russo. If she can stay fit, I think she has the potential to be easily one of the best number nines in the WSL. Um, Ella Toon is someone who I'd pick out as my player to watch. I thought she was fantastic last season. I thought she just got better and better. And I think that's going to continue. She was by far and away one of the best creative players in the league. Um, You know, kind of the underlying numbers back that up. Equally, another player I'm really excited to see is Aoife Mannion. Um, Super highly rated when she went to City got this awful injury didn't play and then we just didn't really get to see her I think this is a a great fresh start for her and I think she could make um a really big difference um within this United team but that being said I do think that yeah there's going to be a period of adjustment and you know there were points last season especially earlier in the season where um Tobin Heath was there kind of get out of jail free card because that's the level that Tobin Heath brings to your team she can just win games for you on a dime and I think as much as they've got really exciting players I don't think they have that player um, anymore and I think also I feel like they should really try and sign a right winger um, because I like Kirsty Hansen but I think she's probably just a little bit below where they need to be but I think if they signed a really good right winger then when you'd be looking at you know Golden Rousseau, Toon, and someone else as, as your front four, that'd be that'd be really scary. But I think they will probably finish around fifth this season. Yeah, I can definitely agree on that Hansen point. I think Casey Stoney used her really well with Ella Toon, and they kind of swapped back and forth in terms of starting and 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 sub, depending on the opposition and what they kind of brought. Because obviously Ella Toon is it's very much of a ball carrier, creative player, and Chrissy Hansen is more of a Def- not defensive-minded player, but she's really good at breaking up play and getting the ball back and then distributing for someone else to then be the creative player. Uh, I think Casey Stoney used it really well, but yeah, it'll be downhill and then uphill. Abdullah, what do you think? Yeah, no, I think I think I think similar. I mean, I'm looking at their I'm looking at their squad right now just to kind of remind myself, you know, of who's there. And I feel like they, I think they're they're fine in midfield. They've got enough 
you know, they got enough players in midfield. I feel like they're, they're maybe light at centre-back. I mean, they've got four or five full-backs on the cards, you know. Uh, you know, obviously they've signed Hannah Blundell, Effie Mannion as well. Uh, Maria Thorisot is there from before. They've got Martha Harris and, and then Ona Batier. Did I say that correct? I hope I said that correctly. But um, I think that that's that's one thing you got to get right. Okay, all these pronunciations better this season. I think that's that's one thing. No, but I think uh, I think they've got I got they got one too many fullbacks and not enough centre backs. So I, I would like to see another defender come in if they can. You know, Mark Skinner did well in the NWL. Well, he was doing well in the NWSL before he came over with the, you know. Uh, and so I, I'm interested to see how he sets them up. Well, they sets them up similar to what they did last year. Uh, uh, sorry, similar to what he did in, in, in the US or kind of what they play. So I think that'll tell us a lot about where they eventually end up because the players are relatively the same. It's just a couple of additions, uh, you know, at the back that really stand out for me. So I think, I think yeah, they, they should be there, thereabouts. Speaking of pronunciations, the next team has one of my players swatch. Uh, Jesse challenged me to, to try to pronounce his last name, so we'll see how I do. Next up is Reading. Um, seventh place finished last season. Manager Kelly Chambers. Preseason unknown. One of those, again, who it was really hard to find information on. Um, so fortunately, I can't really provide you with that information. But player to watch has to be Deanna Rose. Uh, I think that's a given on anything, especially after this Olympic tournament. Um, she's an outstanding player. It just gives that little edge, if that makes sense. Uh, I think she's absolutely amazing. Gives that little extra, especially on the level that Reading are at. I think she's a really, really, really positive player for them to have on their on their team. Obviously, it just depends on. There's only so much you can do, and that just depends on the players around her. Is, is how well Reading do around her as well. And my next player to watch is one of the the new signings, Justine Van Hadermaet. I that's obviously it. Oh, she's from Belgium, but obviously that's a Dutch last name. I don't know. I probably butchered that. Sorry, guys. Um, but I think I don't know much about her, but I'm mostly intrigued to see how she does in the WSL just because of the experience that she has on a footballing level. She's a she's an experienced player at 29 years old. Um, and she has she hasn't played in the WSL yet, but she's done Norway, Belgium, and Germany. So kind of the experience that she's racked up in different leagues over Europe. I'm kind of curious to how it kind of works in the WSL and especially for a team like Reading. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of my general thought on that. That Jesse? Yeah, I think um, Reading are just such a strange team because they're kind of always fine. And then sometimes they'll just be really bad. And it doesn't seem to be obvious why they're sometimes fine and why they're sometimes bad. I think Farrah Williams will be a really big loss for them this season. Um, <laughs> Deanne Rose, I think, is a really exciting player, but um, I would be stressed if I was going into that midfield as kind of, you know, she doesn't play like Farrah Williams, so it's not a direct replacement. But obviously you can kind of see that that's where the space is, has, has opened up. Um, but I'm also really intrigued by Natasha Dowie coming back. I do think you know, lots of these mid-table WSL teams just struggle because they often can't find good goal scorers. And if there's one thing you say about Natasha Dowie is that gal scores goals everywhere she goes. Um, so I'm really excited to see what she looks like. She's, you know, 33 now. So she is experienced. Um, she's very experienced. She has literally played everywhere in the world, um, like a proper journeywoman's career. But I'm I'm really excited to see well, that looks like because I think if, if Reading can get her the service, she she will put them away. And I think that is something that Reading have really, really lacked over the past couple of seasons. Abdullah? 
Yeah. Um, you know, they, you know, looking at, again, I, I like, I mean, for teams that I maybe don't watch so much, I like always looking at the table and kind of seeing how they did, you know, over a course of, you know, the last few games, goals scored, conceded. And, you know, looking at Reading, I mean, it's not too bad, right? I mean, they end up being seventh. Um, a, a, you know, a goal difference of, of minus 16, which if I'm not wrong, of the top six, that is actually the, the best record with the next best being uh, minus 18, which, okay, again, it's not, it's, not, it's not zero or plus, but, you know, it's still better than the rest of the, rest of the, uh, rest of the league, and they, they managed to score 25 goals. So it's, it's, it's good. Obviously, they, they won one, drew one, lost three of their last five. But I think overall, they've been, a, they've been a team that's just kind of been in and around the WSL. They've kind of just done their thing. And I feel like they can have another season like that. Obviously, like Jesse said, I think Farrah Williams will be a huge miss for them. Um, but then having the likes of, you know, Deanna Cooper, who's, you know, and Emma Mitchell, both played for Arsenal and Chelsea in the past. Uh, and then, uh, you know, this is a Belgian player that I'm not even going to attempt the last name of, and Natasha Dowie. I think these players, being again talking about that spine, I think they'll be key for them, and I think I think they'll be in and around that seventh eighth position like they were last season. So on to Tottenham for the next one. Eighth place finish last season. Manager Jan Skinner. Obviously, they have a new assistant manager, so that's going to be also really interesting in terms of staff, um, kind of improving what they've done last season. Um, preseason so far has been a 4-0 loss to Arsenal and a 6-1 win versus Celtic. So I think I'm repeating myself every single club here, but not a lot to gauge from the preseason matches. Um, my player to watch is Kit Graham. I think that's flat out. I think... Um, the season she had last season, I think, was really, really good, considering how poorly Tottenham did. Um, just to put it very bluntly, I think this season she can only improve, and hopefully she does improve, and hopefully Tottenham kind of provide her with that support. Because obviously, I think, I think Alana Kennedy is a really big, big loss for them. Um, I think Alana Kennedy gave him a lot of security in the back, and even when she played as CDM, it was a lot of creativity in the midfield. Um, also, when you go on Tottenham's website, they only have twelve players on the team sheet. So that's clearly not, I mean, they can't play with 12 players in the first day of the season. Anyway, just a, just a little pointer there. Uh, I also did forget to mention, obviously, this is really, really random, but Leicester City are playing majority of their matches at King Power Stadium. I just, I had to mention that in the podcast because I think that's absolutely amazing. Um, I mean, first time in the WSL and you're already putting your matches in Premier League Stadium. I think that's absolutely outstanding. I'm kind of putting others to shame in a way. Um, no pressure but yeah I just I forgot to mention that then and I'll mention it now because I think that really deserves a mentioning on the podcast um, but back to Spurs yeah Kit Graham is my player to watch there again we talked about it a bit last season in terms of what Rianne Skinner has done at Tottenham and it's not been too impressive I think it the player and her style of play didn't really gel I think the season can only get better I think that's really hopeful thinking but I think with the players and the club that they are and the quality of the manager that Rianne Skinner is, I mean, she's she's a good manager no matter what. I think can only get better and hopefully does and hopefully the team kind of had preseason to gel a lot better and kind of get to that next level that it needed to be in order to be, I mean, better than eighth is, I wouldn't say that hard for them to achieve and I think they really could. Jesse, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm not a big Rahan Skinner fan, unfortunately. I really just did not get good vibes um, off her Tottenham team. Obviously, she's got a full preseason, so I'm excited to be 
potentially proven wrong, but I'm just not feeling it. It just doesn't. I see, she's experienced. Come on. She she is experienced, but I just miss Karen Hills and Juan Amaros. They were just my favorite WSL duo. Um, they were so unlikely, but it worked until it obviously didn't. Um, but yeah, uh, Tottenham, um, it's obviously massive for them to keep Shalina Zadorsky. I think that's like, you know, that's a great asset to have in your team. I'm excited that now they've kind of got rid of Rihanna Dean, which I think was a mistake because I really like Rihanna Dean. But they had this weird thing where they would like play Rosella I am for one game and then they play Rihanna Dean. And then sometimes Jess Niles would turn up and I'm like, finally, just like, just pick who you want. So I'm excited to see Rosella I am because I think she'll get more game time this season. And I do think she, she could be really good. Uh, and also Kaya Simons like feels like a good, sensible signing for them. Um, but again, it just feels like this a bit like the Alex Morgan thing of like, she's obviously not Alex Morgan level, but you know, you've signed just this like randomly good player, but like the rest of the team is, is not great. Uh, my one final, I'll ha- add one more player to watch actually is, is Esther Morgan, who is impressive and very young, um, but has been very talented. Um, so I'm excited to see her play more, but I don't have good feelings about Spurs. Yeah, I can agree. I did forget to mention Kai Simon, actually. I did talk her up a lot in our Olympic episode, um, being one of the players that's watched the tournament. So I am, yeah, I, I do agree with Jesse, though. I think I don't know how they're necessarily going to fit her into the squad because with the Australian squad, she has a very particular role of playing off of Sam Kerr um, and the rest of their forward line. And obviously, you don't have Sam Kerr at Tottenham. So I, I am curious to see how she kind of integrates and in, in what Rianne Skinner does with her. But Abdullah, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I don't know. I look at this, like you said, I look at the Spurs team and I'm like, I don't see anything there. I don't see much happening. I mean, they've got a couple of decent players, but I don't know whether they're going to be anything that, you know, that 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 interesting tactically or otherwise. I mean, they ended up finishing, what I think was it seventh, eighth, sorry, eighth, uh, you know, minus 23 on the goal difference. They lost their last four of the five. They won one. You know, it's it's and they lost 12 overall games last year. So I think that's doesn't bode well for this season. I don't know. They just seem to me a very um, an okay side. I'll be surprised if they can uh, if if they um, you know if they if they finish up where they did. I think they'll finish maybe a place or two lower this season. Um, I mean, obviously they they Kia Simon, like we said, is I think player to watch. She's she's been pretty good. Uh, I'm weirdly interested to see how So Hyun Cho does this season. Obviously, she signed permanently from West Ham and was a decent player there. Um, so I'm, 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 you know, I would see how this WSL experience, uh, you know, in, in the in the league does. So I think those two will be my players to watch for for Spurs. And now on to the last club of the league, West Ham United. Obviously, W at the bottom. Um, lost a lot of players. Um, they finished. Ninth last season manager, Ollie Harder. Obviously, the manager situation was obviously very, very confusing last season also. Um, no, that was Aston Villa. I apologize. That was Aston Villa with the manager drama. Um, West Ham are fine. They, they didn't have any drama. I apologize there. Um, their preseason has been against lower non-WCL sides as long as I could see in what the information that I found again. Um, they won 1-0 against London City Lionesses and drew 2-2 with Luz. Uh, play to watch, Claudia Walker. And Lisa Evans, I have to put Lisa in there. Um, I think 
I think from an Arsenal point of view, it was really smart to loan out Lisa Evans and probably from Lisa Evans' point of view as well in terms of getting game time because now you have Nikita Paris, Beth Mead, um, Caitlin Ford all in that position. And then you obviously have Kate McCabe and all these players that can play in that position as well, even Steph Catley. So I'm really curious to see how it goes for her because obviously, I mean, Lisa Evans is a top player. She's obviously going to ha- – she has to be a starter for that team no matter what. So it's definitely going to be interesting. And then a player like Claudia Walker, we've, we've definitely talked about her quite a few times over the season last season um, when she played for Birmingham City. She was kind of one of the standout players and she deserves to be in a better club. Um, obviously, it's not a top, top club, but it is better than a Birmingham City the way they were last year in relegation battle. Um, and then when you have a player like Lisa Evans feeding her service into the box, I think that could be deadly if it's used correctly. But obviously West Ham are, are one of the sides that lost a lot of their players last season. Um, and they're kind of not, I wouldn't say stuck, but they do have a little bit of rebuilding to do because a lot of the players that they lost were kind of their main players. But again, it's West Ham and we'll see how it goes. Um, I think they're going to kind of stay at the same level that they were last season. Um, I don't know if, how much better they can be. Um, again, Claudia Walker, Lisa Evans are a huge boost in terms of goal scoring. But outside of that, I don't know how much more of a boost they're going to have. Jesse? Now, I'm a big Ollie Harder fan uh, generally. And unlike my Rahan Skinner vibes, I get good vibes of Ollie Harder. And I actually think West Ham really improved under him. I feel like at the moment they kind of are starting to fancy themselves as a bit of a developer of young talent. And I kind of quite like that for them. Um, you know, they picked up um, a couple of youth players. So I don't know how much how much we'll see, but from kind of Everton and Arsenal, they picked up Lucy Parker, who was a really um, talented English prospect who'd been um, at college in America. So I think, you know, there's some really interesting things going on at the club. How much will that translate onto the pitch in the WSL? Mm, I don't know. I think Tamika Yallop is a really sensible signing. Um, Alex's love at the Olympics was Kaya Simon, but mine was Tamika Yallop. I thought she had a really, really good tournament. Um, and equally, I, I think Lisa Evans is, is a super um, sensible player to bring in, um, especially if you are looking at, you know, kind of developing this younger talent having a slightly more experienced head <laughs> to, to, to help with that is really good. And just one final mention, um, a player who I thought was really good last year, Grace Fisk, who I think is just getting better and better. And um, I'd love to see her have a run at the England team if, if she has a good season, because I think she's a total quality central defender, to be honest. That's a really good shout. I can definitely agree with that. Abdullah, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I, I think I, you know, compared to a lot of the other teams in this in this mid table, I actually really like West Ham's squad. Um, I think they've made like like so I think Lisa Evans is probably one of the better, one of the best signings that they've made. But for me, and I think I, I said this on Twitter as well, Yui Hasegawa, who's come from AC Milan, I think is probably gonna be my top two signing of the season. I think she was totally underrated um in Europe overall. I think she's one of the best creators in Europe last season. Um very good on set pieces as well. And it's just a really nifty, creative 8-10 player. Uh, so I think she was really going to give them a lot in, in midfield in terms of creativity, in terms of ball progression and, and, and in that. And I think they needed that. Um, obviously, defensively with Grace Fisk and Jilly Flaherty, they're, 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 pretty, they're pretty solid over there. Uh, Lisa Evans gives them some attacking thrust from the wide areas. And you've got Adriana Leon and, and, um, and obviously Claudia Walker. Uh, again, I come back to the whole thing about the spine, and I think West Ham have a potentially 
decent spine to build something off of. I don't think they're going to go better than mid-table, but it's a squad to build out from. And again, for me, Yuin Hasegawa is my player, definitely my player to watch from this West Ham team. And that concludes our kind of general overview of all the 12 teams in WSL. Now we'll get on to a quick um, table prediction from the three of us. We'll just say our top five teams and then our bottom two teams. Uh, we don't have to commit to a relegation club. We can just leave it at that, like I am. Um, but yeah, top... I can see Chelsea definitely getting their third consecutive WSL title just because of the quality that they had. Um, unfortunately, I can definitely see that happening. I think Arsenal are going to be a lot better than last season, so I'll give them a second-place finish. Um, Man City, third. I don't think this season is going to be the one that that top three is going to finish. Um, that's going to change. So, yeah, Chelsea, Arsenal, Man City. Fourth, I'll give to Everton. Fifth, I'll give to Man United. Pretty boring prediction, to be fair. But, yeah, I don't think this season is going to be the one to, that someone's going to bring into the top three unless, of course, if I would have to give that to anyone, it will be Everton. Bottom two teams, definitely Birmingham, Birmingham City have to be in the in the play for relegation battle in there. I think Aston Villa are going to be down there again. Um, I think this they might struggle a bit more this season, but it just depends how... Obviously, it's really hard to conclude, but it just depends how each team gels. Same with Leicester City. I think they can easily be down there. Um, just depends how they get on WSL. If it's too overwhelming, they're easily going to struggle and probably just compete with the likes of Aston Villa, Birmingham City. So that's my kind of prediction. And everyone else is somewhere in the middle. <laughs> Jesse, what are your predictions? Um, I actually think City will win the league. I think the Hemp-Shaw combo is going to be really, really good. And I think Chelsea will maybe have an eye on things in Europe. Um perhaps more but I think also it'll be very close I hate predicting these first second third places because the reality is is it comes down to to six games you know if Chelsea lose to Arsenal on Sunday which could happen isn't it you know isn't by any means impossible then you're three points behind everyone else from the start so um but I do think um City definitely have the point to do it um but I'll put Chelsea second Arsenal third Everton fourth and United fifth um I agree I don't think Everton will have quite enough to to break into that top three especially because I think Arsenal will look a lot better this year than they did last um my bottom two I think Birmingham will go down um but I think Spurs will finish second bottom oh throwing things up in the air there Jesse I told you I didn't like Rahan (laughs) you really don't like her then do you uh Abdullah do you have a bit more hope for Spurs on your predictions (laughs) Well, okay, you know what? I'll go the opposite. I'll start from the bottom and I'll go, I'll go to the top. So I think for me, my bottom two, uh, my bottom two are gonna be, I think, Birmingham City and um uh, you know, I think Aston Villa. I'll, I'll, I'll give Tottenham maybe something, you know, maybe, but I think it's 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 a toss-up between Tottenham and Aston Villa for me in that elastic position. So it's a flip of a coin, honestly, with those two. Uh so that's probably my my two at the bottom. My top three, I'm kind of inclined to agree with Jesse, and I think we were having this conversation yet just yesterday. Um, and I also think that Chelsea will really want to focus. I think it's that it's that holy grail for Emma Hayes. She wants that European title, you know. Obviously, she wants it. They want the league as well. They, they want to go triple, you know, triple titles. But I think if it comes down to that rotation and, and aiming for Europe, I think they'll go there. So I think it's City. Uh, Chelsea, Arsenal, Everton, United. I think that's my top five. I'm secretly hoping Everton, Everton just do something and get into the top three because Willie Kirk's uh, an awesome dude, and I think I hope he, I hope he does well. 
Um, but I think I think Jonas has got this down. And I think I, I personally think the the longer we go through the season, I think the better we're going to see Arsenal play just because I think they're going to have a better style of play. I think the players are really good that he's brought in and the style of play, I think, will only improve. And I think it, I think they, they mesh and work with his, his his philosophy and his way of playing. Alex looks so happy when someone says something nice about Arsenal. The whole place just lights up. I'm I'm scared to be this hopeful of a season, of an Arsenal season. I think Jonas has done really, really well so far with the team. And I think the team has really warmed up to him on a football level um, and kind of has welcomed his kind of different things. but yeah, on, on the Chelsea point, we'll see how Flinoila uh, Rolfo has to say about Chelsea winning a title if they meet up again um, and the best player in Europe. We'll see what she has to say about that. Um, but yeah, that's that's the conclusion of our WSL predictions. Uh, we'll tweet out a few things and, and see what you guys think mostly because who cares about our opinions? Um, we're nobodies. So yeah, we'll see. That's kind of the general thought. And and obviously we'll, we're back for the season. So you'll hopefully be getting more consistent episodes every week and kind of just going off of that and seeing what we do. Obviously, Champions League is coming back more consistently and a lot more teams to watch. So hopefully we'll be back with that soon as well. Um, but we hope you enjoyed this WSL preview, preview episode. Reminder that the season gets underway this weekend. Some really thrilling matches, including Arsenal v Chelsea at the Emirates Stadium. Um, if you can get out to that, I would really, really recommend it. I think it's going to be really good. It's sold out. Is it? I've heard it's sold out. Oh, that's going to be good. Never mind. You can watch it on TV. Uh, yeah, and a reminder that all the WSL matches are going to be on Sky Sports and BBC Sport this season. So that's I'm really looking forward to that in terms of punditry and kind of halftime shows and pre-match shows and post-match analysis. They're taking our jobs away, aren't they? They're going to call us. Our We've podcast to- is going to be useless now. Yeah. Well, while we're at it, we'll, we'll definitely plug. Um, we'd like to say thank you to everyone who nominated us for a football content award. We are finalists in Best in Women's Football Individual Content content Creators. Um, if you haven't voted yet, there's still plenty of time and there's plenty of ways to vote also. You can vote on Twitter, on the website, on Instagram. So check out our Twitter for more info. Um, our official Twitter account is at BoxBoxWSL. You can then keep up to date with all information and updates on the podcast. Um, you can find our individual Twitter handles on there as well. And most importantly, yes, you can find the link to vote. And please vote. Please vote. I beg you. Just give us something nice. You know, we have nothing else going on for us. Um, but yeah, see you soon. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Cheers, guys. See you later.